Citizen Kane, but even critics have claimed that it was shit in its day. Some films are shit and shit they will stay, but some get better over time because of Nicolas Cage. So which film stays shit forever? Which one got a little bit better? Welcome to Second Chance Movies, the podcast where we rewatch movies and decide if they deserve a second chance. I'm Joe Harper, your host who loves rewatching movies and missed out on a lot of television because I didn't have cable TV growing up. I blame my dad. And I'm Jessica Quaz, your host who's a one and done kind of movie viewer who now has a subscription to Hulu Live TV. What? I love it. Hulu Live TV is great. I actually didn't just get it. I've had it for years and I will never go back. Well, today we are giving a second chance to the cable guy. Yes, finally. All right. I think the reason we chose this movie is because Jim Carrey's in it and he's also in Sonic 2, which just recently came out. Um, And he has mentioned he's contemplating retiring from acting which that's fine Jim if you want to do that you've had such a long run given us so many good times if you want to focus on your art or whatever you want fucking do it just take a break you don't have to act if you you want to ask anything hey you got enough money to to do whatever you want go off and do it but like this role is super interesting of his because it's like sort of beloved but then also kind of forgotten about sometimes um and this movie in general is just like super interesting um so yeah we wanted to revisit it but before we start talking about cable guy i just want to say something at the top of this episode um i didn't even tell joe i was going to do this this is just like a surprise for everyone but um you may have noticed that we haven't been posting as consistently recently and i just want to apologize that's on me but I've been going through something pretty personal uh, that really I had to deal with. I had to step away for a bit, just get my stuff in order. I'm feeling really good. Things are getting back on track. Things are coming around to being normal again. Um, so you'll definitely see more consistent posts, more episodes coming out like weekly. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to let you know, like, yeah, if you've noticed like an like off posts or inconsistencies, again, that's on me. Um, I'm, I'm going through stuff and I'm okay but thanks for sticking around even if we're not posting weekly we really appreciate it and for coming back and rejoining us and just having a great time talking about movies well I'm glad to have you back thanks although you've never really lost me we did talk (sighs) quite a bit from break but I miss talking about I know yeah we haven't talked about movies much I've tried to reach out to other people to talk about movies and they were like Stop talking to me about movies. <laughs> they don't understand. You could yap all day about movies. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess I won't talk to you about movies. Then. That's why we got a podcast, because why not be productive with our yapping about movies all the time? That's true. Well, Cable Guy. For those of you who do not remember Cable Guy, or uh, it's been a while, or you've never seen it, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about this movie. And for any of you who forgot, I'm going to go over the synopsis of this movie. So, according to IMDb, 
a lonely and mentally disturbed cable guy raised on television just wants a new friend, but his target, a designer, rejects him with bad consequences. There's some stuff we could take out in that. That is the just a terrible description <laughs> of this movie. Um, right off the bat, I hate that it is focused on the cable guy. The cable guy is not our lead character in this movie, despite the title's name. It is about Steven, a guy who orders cable, and then tries to... So, Oh, man. Yeah. Let me, I think I got a better synopsis. Okay, what do you have? Um, well, I also just want to point out that it was really funny that they named him a designer specifically. Yeah, I didn't know I, that's what he was. I have watched this movie probably over ten times. I could not tell you what his job was. No. Um, and, like, his job is, like, very background information. To like, me, it's just business. Yeah. Work. He just works in business. He just goes to an office and does stuff. He does office things. A man gets more than what he bargains for when bribing cable guy for free channels. Simple, straight to the point. Very, like, oh, what's what's he got there after he bargained for the free cables? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the synopsis. Yeah, um, all right. So, Jessica, is this your second chance with this movie? Have you seen this more than once? This is actually my second chance with it. So I had seen this before, like, I want to say in, like, high school. Okay. Um, just one of those movies where friends were like, oh, have you, you've never seen Cable Guy? It's wild. Let's pop it on. And for some reason, I, like, hardly remembered anything. Rewatching this, all I remembered was the very like iconic shot of the cable guy in the rain after being rejected by Matthew Broderick, just like staring him down. Um, and then just kind of bits and pieces of the ending. So it was really fun to like rewatch it kind of like almost like a first time around because there were just so many things I had forgotten and like didn't pick up on. Um, and yeah, this time was really interesting watching it in 2022. So, Joe, what is your relationship with Cable Guy? You've already said you've seen it at least 10 times. So, uh, what's up? So, I don't know when the first time. I assume the first time was with my neighbor. Uh, I'll go over to his house. I, I feel like that popped up on TV a, a few times for us. And we would watch bits and pizza, pieces because we had seen it already. But we'd stick through a couple scenes and we're like, okay, let's switch to something else. But, like, as an adult or even like as an adolescent i guess in teen years i bought it <laughs> of course it's a, it's in my collection it of sits course. on the shelf um i've seen this so many times so it's not nothing was a shock or a surprise to me it's just it's fun watching it cuz i hadn't seen it in a couple years um cuz i've watched it so frequently i can i know it pretty well so watching it now it's like down memory lane the back of the dvd <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Is fun. All right, what does it say? Jim Carrey is Chip Douglas, cable installer. Raised <laughs> on television sitcoms, he wants life to look just like my three sons. When he meets single guy Stephen Kovacs, he sees his chance for some serious male bonding. Oh. So Chip's idea of friendship, which includes physical assault, <laughs> a game of porno password, no. and a medieval joust, Wow. Be hazardous to Stephen's health. No. In Chip's own immortal words, I can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Wow, DVD, calm down. Like, reel it in a little bit. We are going to tell you 
play by play how this movie goes. <laughs> Don't even watch it. Just read the back of this. Yeah, we've got it all. We actually included the script on the back. <laughs> like, I simple, sweet. I think this is a movie where, like, it's you know, you don't need you fewer words to describe it and just going into it and experiencing it. That's all you need. I don't think we needed porno password to no, sell this movie. No, it's just if like a, a see, weird I scene. feel like more people would see it and go, fuck it, porno password? Yeah. No? Yeah. Thanks. I'm going to put you back in the Walmart $5 bin. There's a lot in that back of the DVD that would actually pause me from watching it. Like, physical assault? I don't yeah. care for that. Well, now that we know you love it. I do enjoy it. Can we uh, can we talk about what some other people had to say about it? We sure can. This is the reason I wanted to do this episode because from all like the critics that I've read, it is always a big thumbs down from people. It's one like mm, this is a bad movie. Some people didn't hate this movie though, so let's let's start off with the nice, cheerful, feel good, positive reviews. Well, the only review that really mattered to me was from Nell Mano. <gasps> she the, liked this movie. The fact that she watched this and reviewed it as positive just oh. secures me, knowing that she is my she favorite it. critic yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, she fucking gets it. I yes. Oh. Nell Mano of Movie Mom twisted but sometimes deliciously so oh oh no no deliciously so damn she feels a certain way about cable guy it is twisted um yeah the whole premise is weird it's about uh essentially a guy dealing with a stalker yeah and that stalker goes to extremes it also fits in a genre that I don't I'm not a huge fan of which okay. is the we are following a protagonist and we clearly know someone in his life is fucking insane an awful human being but everyone else around him is oblivious to the fact mm-hmm. I hate it I hate that everyone is just so blind to the fact that oh He's hilarious. No, he's not. He's insane. <laughs> like, oh, there's a lot of movies that fit this genre. Yeah. And I I don't like it makes me so uncomfortable watching these. And the only one that this one gets a pass is because Jim Carrey is funny. I think deliciously so would not be how <laughs> I describe the twist, but I think the twisted elements of it are like darkly weird and kind of funny at times as well as horrifying um so i think that it is like good twisted which is weird to say um i think this movie does a really good job of like balancing both thriller horror and comedy delicious deliciously so dave Kier from the new york daily news said the cable guy is a gutsy move on carrie's part suggesting a willingness to grow just where commercial good sense would say to stand pat and i i would agree i think this movie is ambitious and it is gutsy especially with where carrie like was in his career like he really didn't have to like take this kind of role or do this kind of thing it's so it's really cool looking back like this movie that feels a little ahead of its time and like not your run-of-the-mill kind of movie you would see around that time um and 
it, it's it's interesting to go from like the commercial comedies to something like this especially back then where you just kind of like stayed to a mold if you got it mark Fazer of boston phoenix this is a darker film for carrie but he's still jim carrey his shenanigans keep even the blackest moments goofy yeah i think his performance and what he's doing and him just being jim carrey um really helps with the genre bending of like making he's, these twisted moments really goofy he's very animated and that could make even like this like weirdo guy that we shouldn't like lovable but then also horrifying and crazy yeah <laughs> you know he can do both very seamlessly he can jump into both and like for this weird kind of character like that's perfect barbara schulgazer with san francisco examiner said broderick is perfectly adorable here his outstanding normality is the only possible counterpoint to carrie's hypervolubility um i would not say that broderick is adorable here but i also wouldn't say he's adorable anywhere broderick is just a normal guy in this uh he plays a great normal guy adorable yeah. not really so i don't know if this is the right time to say this but fun fact um the movie was written as like a buddy comedy not like a stalker movie really so originally um i don't know where this is going to fit naturally in an episode which is why i'm just going to rip this bandit off now sure um originally uh, a gentleman by the name of lou holtz jr uh wrote this script i think it got in the hands of ben stiller and Ap judd apatow who is one of our producers but judd uh only receives the producer credit he was also one of the film's writers he was denied a screenwriting credit by the writers guild of america and challenged the ruling claiming that he wrote much of the movie's dialogue and many of the scenes holt's version was according to ben stiller basically a silly buddy comedy apatow revised the script to make it bleaker per jim carrey's request going for a funny version of the classic stalker film interesting i was checking the imdb page and i saw that Holtz literally only has this movie under his belt yeah. so, and like literally nothing else on his IMDb except this movie. So that's very curious. Um, interesting. I don't think I this would have been interesting at all as a buddy comedy. It was originally written for Chris Farley, who declined it because of scheduling conflicts. Interesting. I don't know how well that would have been. It would just would have been different a whole different vibe yeah i think it wouldn't have it would have just been what like straight up comedy like i'm buds with my cable guy huh yeah lou holtz jr had the idea for the film while working as a prosecutor in los angeles declaring that he once saw a cable company employee in a hallway of his mother's apartment building and started thinking what's he doing here so late huh and that's how that movie got made and he just so happened to be a prosecutor? I guess so, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like, saw some crime involving a cable guy. Did Jim Carrey want to be the one to turn up the volume on the darkness? That's kind of what that sounds like. It sounds like, yeah, like, hey, this seems like we could do something else. I've also read that, like, Jim films every scene twice. One is, like, 
goofy and one is like creepy. That way, oh. like they had two different versions they could play around with. That's really interesting that it was done like that. That kind of makes sense as to why the major shifts of like comedic and insane feel so seamless because they were already kind of baked in there. Huh. Jeff Shannon of Seattle Times. While not the truly incisive film it could have been, this cautionary tale proves that there's more to carry than stupidity with an inflated price tag. Wow. All right. I mean... <laughs> so one reason I think he is making this comment is because this was historic for movies. This was like the highest paid actor in a comedy to date. Wait, for uh, this movie? That's another reason Whoa. why this movie gets shit on so much because uh, according to, you know, payroll, Jim Carrey got paid $20 million for this. What? Which, but, like, if you think about, like, his success rate, like, yeah. Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura 2, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, right. he had this big, successful year, two years, and then, like, yeah, the next thing he's gonna be in, fuck yeah, whoop, whatever he wants, we're gonna sign him up. Yeah. Everything's been a banger, so oh, yeah. why not? I mean, that's yeah, it's not that outrageous as much money as that is. It it's not that outrageous that like at the height of his career he was paid that. I guess just like with twenty twenty two lenses, this movie seems like one of those movies that like a wealthy actor would be like, you know what, I'll take a pay cut to do this. Like this is more passion project. So yeah. it was interesting that like it was not. It was supposed to be sort of like a commercial success in that way. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't right. Like it wasn't. No, fifty percent on run is half. Everyone, it's like half. It's divided. Yeah, but like, how much money did it make? The estimated budget was forty-seven million, which and like I half of it goes half to Jim Carrey. Half of it is going to carry worldwide gross is one hundred and two million. The success in my book. He's just really fucking good in this movie. I don't know. I agree. Yes, he is fucking good he's fucking but good you know what? he's a Some legend people didn't think he was fucking good oh no and we're gonna hear what those people had to say chris colton bach of baltimore sun more than anything the cable guy is simply uncomfortable it's ace venture as the evil bad guy what about that is bad <laughs> <laughs> like oh that sounds really uh, interesting <laughs> uh, it is uncomfortable like the whole yeah. movie it's like a sense of like oh i don't like being here i don't i don't i'm not rooting for any i'm not rooting for anyone in this movie yeah i wouldn't uh, say i'm either because like chip douglas is such a psychopath like i don't want it the guy is not looking out for my best interest he is he does not get the social cues of like you've overstepped your boundaries this is too much but then steven is an asshole to him yeah he's in like, general just not that likable he's just a, a very dismissive of him as a human there's moments where he tries but then he's like no i just didn't care about <sighs> you i'm really just trying to fuck my old girlfriend and like you're just making this just too much yeah it's yeah i would agree like I don't he's a fun weird villain but it is uncomfortable but like also with the storyline like it's okay to be a little uncomfortable I think you should be uncomfortable with it I think it'd be weird if you're not uncomfortable with a storyline about a stalker like 
Carol Buckland with CNN said, the film's heavy-handed message about the negative effect television has had about the negative effect television has had on the national psyche doesn't help matters. I don't know if that's the film's message. I think I anyone either. who thinks television is the issue didn't really pay attention to this movie. Yeah, no, I think I I never really thought like he's unwell because of television. I think, I think he he's... was handed some really terrible things in life and television was like a, an escape for him. Yeah. I don't think TV made him crazy. He That's had a, a neglectful dumb take. mother and yeah. the only thing that like was his friend was TV. Yeah, that's such a like video games are poisoning the mind kind of attitude. So so uh get out of here, Carol. <laughs> Liam Lacey of Globe and Mail. Too often the movie ends up lost in the snow and static between two films fighting for the same bandwidth. Ooh. I I Ooh. like your like what you're trying to do there, but yeah. like I don't I don't think agree. It's lost. What two genres do you we're mixing in? So I see this as like a, a horror comedy, but a very specific horror comedy that we really don't see often, if at all, which is more comedy with like a horror edge to it. And usually when we see a horror comedy, it's like a straight up mixture or it's like a dark comedy. Or it's slasher with jokes. Yeah, yeah. that's usually what we see, whereas this is more comedy with some horror moments. And I think that that is really challenging to pull off, but they do, they make it really funny. Um, so I I like it. I really like what they did here. I think it's like really ambitious. Um, and I get why, especially back then, not everyone's like cup of tea because it was so different. And having comedy with like darkness is Fucks also, with your mind. Like, you go in thinking you're going to laugh, and then you feel weird, you know? We also go in thinking, we're going to root for Jim Carrey because we love him. Yeah. But, like, his character is the person we're like, oh, no, go yeah. away. Yeah, plays with that expectation, and I think that that's pretty cool. Janine Alfmuth, Palo Alto Weekly, a $20 million paycheck for this? <laughs> uh, I agree, yeah, that's that's a lot, but worth every penny yeah you know what whatever it's hollywood baby they spend stupid money on people so whatever but you know what jim probably has like a public you forget all the people he pays like publicists you know managers agents there's so maybe even a driver so yeah there's so many true. people he probably employs yeah that that goes to it's not just all to jim right is my I'm, assumption I mean, yeah, I think that's more money than I'll ever understand. But, like, I think also, like, how much did Chris Pratt make in Passengers? You know, probably a stupid amount as well. And it's so much worse. So eh, I'm not mad about it for this movie. And it wasn't funny. Not funny at all or memorable. Nothing Passenger. iconic. Well, Hollywood's sassiest bitch came in with an opinion on the cable guy. Roger Ebert with Chicago Sun-Times said, as it is, the movie goes in one direction and the cable guy goes in another. And by the end, we are really looking forward to seeing Jim Carrey reappear on the screen. Uh, 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 
I hate the character. Right. I love the performance. Yeah. And it's and it's funny, so it whatever, but like, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not rooting for the character to succeed. I'm I'm almost I'm I'm also not rooting for Broderick's character, but I I want both of them to get their comeuppance. Yeah, and like I think what you said is perfect. Like, no, I don't like the character, but I really like the performance. So I'm like fine with seeing him come up. Um, I also I don't think this is a movie where like an actor is doing one thing and while the movie's doing something else. Like like the cable guy is not going in a different direction from the movie. I think the cable guy from the beginning is very clearly a certain way. And like the movie kind of morphs itself a little bit around like how much he's like putting out there and unleashing, you know? Like that's where we get like the horror moments. I don't I think they do mesh and work together really well though, all combined. So no Roger, nah. Calm down. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm sassy. So sassy. So, Jessica. Yes. How was your second chance with Cable Guy? Well, I definitely enjoyed it. Not saying I didn't enjoy it the first time around. I think I just didn't like really. You were very young when it came out. I was young. I don't like, I think I didn't appreciate it for what it was. You know, I like just was watching with friends, like, yeah, this is wild. Whereas, like, this time, I got to be like a little more like pay attention, be a little more critical, and like, um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I I really did. Um, I and we've touched on some things in the reviews that I don't think we need to touch on too much more, but I I will say again that like the genre bending was something that I think makes this movie really impressive and stand out. Um, and it's something I really enjoyed. Like I totally enjoyed the uniqueness again of like mostly comedy with a bit of darkness and horror i think that's really cool and yeah like jim carrey like he's fucking great in this movie he's doing a lot and it all i think works really well and at times like you hate him sometimes he's amusing sometimes you kind of feel bad for him sometimes you like think he's the absolute worst like he's he's doing a lot in this movie that i really like so out of all the Jim Carrey performances, what are your top five Jim Carrey performances or movies? Okay. I would say performances. God, so many. Yeah. I'm going to your What are your favorite performances where the characters and just, you think, oh man, I'm watching this because of him. So just like right off the bat, Ace Ventura comes to mind immediately. Okay. And then also Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. I know that's kind of like, oh, very, but like I used to. And he's got a lot of them. We'd all you could say that for all of his movies, like I mean, because he has so many classics. He does, like Mr. Popper's Penguins. Get out of here. (laughs) Um, but yeah, those are the two that like definitely come to mind. I think those are the ones that like I've seen the most. The Grinch, The Grinch, also. God, there's so many Truman Show as well. Because I don't know, like I think he does such a good job of like morphing into these really intense things and then also just making you laugh and feel silly so yeah it's a shame we left liar liar off there but oh yeah I think liar liar is very funny i think that's uh, i haven't seen it in a while but uh, as far as like performances and just like things that like hit me 
Like Dumb and Dumber is always gonna be my my favorite yep. movie of his. Um but Man on the Moon is the one I think oh, yeah. flies under the radar. Yeah. And it's so good. I like I think that's I think his best performance he's ever done. So for you, like you're definitely more well versed and knowledgeable about Jim Carrey roles in general, and like you've seen the Cable Guy multiple times. Where does the Cable Guy performance for you rank? Like where do you fit that usually? It's definitely in the top. It's in the top. Again, top five. I don't know if I would list it as. It's definitely not number one because I like you know I think he's doing so many things in uh, Man on the Moon. Hmm. Be up there, um, because like Ace Ventura is just like one of those classic characters. Um, Batman Forever as Riddler, it's all right. I yeah, just, I don't, I don't fault him for it. It's a good, casting. it's good, but like, um, when I'm listing my top five, Ace Ventura, I I feel like I would have to have some sort of chart and have them. Yeah, fight there's it over. so many. Yeah, you'd have to really break it down. Because like younger Joe, if we had younger Joe make this list. Me, myself, and Irene would have hit it. <laughs> Older classic, Joe classic. does not think that at all. It's like, I mean, I think he's great in it, but this movie itself is just uh, cringe a lot. And like, oh no, Man on the Moon in Truman Show, I think, is like the best movies he's done. We haven't even mentioned Mask, but like, whatever. Yeah, I wasn't huge into Mask when I was younger. And it was fine. It, yeah, it was, like, it was fun. Yeah. It's, not, it's not terrible, but yeah. uh, compared to everything else, I like other things better. He's got so many very iconic roles. Like, truly, I know that word is overused a lot, but, like, for him, it's just, like, man, his career is stacked. So, I enjoyed seeing this movie again because, again, like, I hadn't watched it. I had only watched it once, and it just brought me back to, like, yeah, Jim Carrey. He was, like, so fucking talented in, like, the wild things he does. Like, one moment that really sticks out in my mind of this movie is when, uh, towards the end, Matthew Broderick is looking in, like, the little eye hole of the door. I'm sure there's, like, a better word He's having, like, a fever dream of it. Yes. He's having a dream, and he's looking in, like, the people of his door, and Jim, there's, like, this really interesting shot that's, like, through it, and Jim Carrey is in that, like circular area just doing the most like weirdest physical comedy that's also kind of twisted and dark because trying to break down the door yeah he's got this very creepy contact lens in that are yeah that are um black light so creepy the like neon greens and stuff and you can just see his eyes and freaky as hell i love that and then also like his delivery and certain things too like when he's playing um porno password with the family and the password is like the list is yeah the list is so oh my brother's a speech therapist so (laughs) i think my one of my favorite scenes in this movie is the basketball sequence the basketball sequence is wild it's just playing with his buddies one of which is jack black yep jack black is a young baby jack black yep Cable guy just shows up and is like, hey, Steven, like, let's be friends. You know, like, he's my bud. Let's play. Finds a way to get on Steven's team because he wants to be his best friend. Oh, man. And just even like the beginning, he just like, I got to warm up. Don't want to spring a hammy, you know, and just like (laughs) the way he's just running back and forth between all the lines and 
Oh man, it gets me giggling. And what's really interesting too about that basketball scene is that's like the first time we get like a glimpse into how crazy this guy is, like truly. And it's yeah. so interesting because you have like those physical comedic moments and then sometimes like Matthew Broderick will like catch him kind of being really aggressive and looking nutso and like yeah. having these like really creepy evil faces. <laughs> And it's such a wild scene for that to be, like, the first glimpse into, like, oh, yeah, something's not right. Because he, like, literally, like, is very, like, physically aggressive and at some point, like, steps on Jack Black's back and destroys to shatter, the <laughs> to shatter the backboard. Um, can I tell you my favorite fun fact I read after the scene happened? Please do, yeah. And I regret reading it afterwards because I really wish I had seen it, knowing this knowledge. Mm-hmm. While filming the scene in which the cable guy plays basketball, it became obvious that Jim Carrey could barely dribble a basketball, never mind make a basket. Ben Stiller had Carrey mime the action without a ball, and VFX added a basketball in post-production. What? It's, I don't believe it, but on IMDb, wow. it has to be true. <laughs> <laughs> if that's true, that's truly wild because this is not just like some CGI moment. That's like nowadays, where the budget went up. Yeah, that was um, definitely. Jim, we're gonna the take a little bit of that twenty million back <laughs> until you know how to dribble. Uh, any other scenes stand out for you in this movie? I will say the karaoke scene is truly one of the most bizarre things like I've ever watched. Just the, the, all of it. Just like the editing of it. The angles of it jim carrey singing jefferson airplane um with a lisp like it's all very like what in the world is happening right now i think we've listed like the three scenes that like when i think of this movie it's these scenes yeah they're definitely very prominent the other scene that is memorable to my mind mm. medieval times the medieval times <laughs> Wow. Yep. Garofalo. All of it. Yep. Would you like a refill of your Pepsi? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we don't have forks. They had Pepsi. <laughs> Listen, dude, I just fucking work here. Like, great. it's so good. Andy Dick is the uh, medieval times announcer, and the, just, the king. Yeah. The king. The cable guy is so into medieval times. Because of this movie, when my family was on some sort of road trip. I think we stopped at a medieval times it was like around my sister was like we love the cable guy we <laughs> want to go to medieval times and then we were we just wanted to sit in the blue section so we could go red not going down 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 and we were singing it and the red night sucks all of it is great awesome that's amazing that as kids uh, you didn't know what medieval times we were, was before we were Cable Guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we were teens. There, were, there was no medieval times near where we lived. There's one not too far from where I grew up, and it was. I mean, people love that place. I don't, but like, people love. I it. like the idea. It's like Renaissance. I mean, Cute, yeah. Sister and I were like theater people that, you know, we would get dragged through Ren fairs. Like, I get it. Like, it's it's fun. Yeah. I want to talk about Ben Stiller's cameo as this, like, <laughs> subplot that's not important to Cable Guy's story, but it's just a fun little gag that keeps popping up and then has a conclusion, but not a conclusion. I think that, like, that was something I didn't realize the first time around was that whole s bizarre 
subplot. The movie <laughs> starts off with like flipping through static channels, and then there's a trial going on about celebrity twins. One allegedly killed the other, and so and it's Ben Stiller would play both of them, and the gag is just that throughout that every time they're like you know just kind of don't have a way to transition. They just are what the TV is turned on and this trial is going back in. We get just the setup for it. We get a made for TV movie about the incident starring Eric Roberts, yeah. which it's is great. So, he plays both of them. As someone interested in true crime, I really appreciated this whole gag because it's like so reminiscent of all those like ridiculous old trials like Menendez Brothers and like OJ, yeah. where it was like, you know live courtroom everyone was glued to the tv and like yeah that made for tv movie about it like there are old cases where like made for tv movies were released about the case before the case went to trial so it's like very like damn that hits home i love um, that it that they're releasing like the verdict right at the end yeah where carrie jumps to his supposed death and lands on the satellite dish ruining everyone's viewing and no one gets to hear the outcome of the trial it's just like a really silly funny way to end it that like everyone in america is staring at their tv and the cable guy ruins it for them um i also like the little gag where some guy's watching it and you know the feed is ruined so then he just like turns and looks at a nightstand where a book is and is like <laughs> oh yeah that's kyle gas right as that happened my DVD scratched, and oh, I no. screamed because it was essentially what was happening there. But oh man, mine yeah. wasn't streaming. Mine was a physical media disc, and I was like, "No, I've taken this so good care of it. Why is it scratched?" <laughs> oh no, man, you got like the full blown cable guy experience. And you know what? It skips to the credits, and I was like, "Oh." Uh, the ending is kind of great though that sucks i like the yeah, he meets a new he meets a new friend he's not gonna stop you know what's wild yeah what there was a super bowl ad that was all about cable guy and thinking about that while watching the movies like that is so random as hell like whose idea was, was that <laughs> it was very random yeah uh, and i've heard uh, i think ben stiller was on howard stern talking about like they didn't ask me about it huh Jim called Stiller to let him know that, hey, this oh, is like, okay, uh, good. I heard that, too, and just assumed that, like, no one called him, including Carrie. So I feel better knowing that Jim Carrey was like, hey, did you hear about this, bud? No? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to make millions off of it again, so bye. It's so interesting because it's so outdated. It really is, and it's not like, it's like a cult classic. That, yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't feel like many people talk about it when they're like, What's your favorite comedy movie? It did stick out, though. Like, people were talking about it. People were like, oh, shit. That's cool. All these years later. Did you like that Cable Guy likes Waterworld? I did write that note down. Yep. He quoted. He does. He sure does. Dry land is not a myth. <laughs> Kevin Costner, Waterworld. I've seen it six times. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I will say the ending is great. Like, the fact that it's in this massive saddle dish when it's raining. like A what? Saddle dish? Satellite dish? It's satellite dish, yeah. Sorry. Sat it's not a saddle dish. No, it's a sat. 
this massive satellite Let's dish. Let's get our in the saddle vein. dish and ride our, our horses. Saddle dish. I do agree that the sat- satellite dish at the end of the movie is an epic, like, closing centerpiece. Like, yeah. So wild. So back to what we said at the beginning his what he talks about when he's he's describing the the majestic nature of cable mm-hmm. to robin the the ex-girlfriend girlfriend of steven uh leslie man um he his predictions about the future um come tr- some of the predictions come true like having internet phone and television through cable as well as the ability to play video games online so, Damn. <laughs> yeah, he he's just starts rambling some stuff and like predictions and like, yeah, so a lot of them come true. Yeah. Play That's Mortal Kombat with a friend in Vietnam. Yep. Love it. <laughs> Can absolutely do that now. Yeah. I just really like, I don't know what what he's quoting. Um, I feel like he's quoting something. Maybe he's not, but somebody has to kill the babysitter. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> You know, what so many that? of his lines could be quotes from things I wouldn't know because, like, yeah, the the alias names that he does have are not his actual names; they're from older shows that I haven't watched. Right? So, oh yeah, he's not an actual cable guy, you guys. I don't know if you remember. He that. was, but he's been fired from <laughs> he's been all. Been fired. Of but so when he, he shows up to Broderick's house, he wasn't actually working for the cable company. He how did there. he get that job to begin with? Also, like. How did Matthew Broderick have cable if there was no actual cable setup by a real cable? You know what I mean, how does that work? I thought you had to pay for it. Um, I think they they have to turn it on and stuff and oh. have extra cords. Probably I don't know. I never I had know. cable, so I'm a bad person to ask. That's probably true. Like internet. There's like a, probably an outlet for it. They just provide the cable for it. Yeah, but wasn't Matthew Broderick ever like, oh, why have I not paid a single bill? So the the, maybe you weren't paying attention as much as I have. Okay, but well, you've also seen it like eight more times than me. He breaks up with his girlfriend, so she stays at the house. The bill is transferred over to her. He just has a new account over at the new house. Oh, okay. New apartment. Oh, okay. And while he's getting everything set up, that's when his buddy Jack Black is like, hey, if you just slip in $50, they'll give you all the free channels. And that's where the chaos ensues. Oh. Yeah. I think the only thing I have left to say is just to remind everyone that Matthew Broderick was in Godzilla and this was better. Absolutely, yeah. No, this was way better. <laughs> way, way, way better. And for anyone that like was like, hey, this was good, Ben Stiller is a great director. Go watch The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. That was so good. Also, like Escape from Dannemora is really good. I know you can't really find if that anyone has anymore. A, if anyone has a Showtime subscription, I'm sure it's a good watch. Yeah, I was on Amazon Prime for a minute, and it was very good. All right, well, Joe, I think we all know where you stand, but let's just put the official stamp on it. Do you think the cable guy deserves a second chance? Yeah, everyone was so mean to it when it came out. It's Maybe it was ahead of its time. I think it, it still holds up well. It still has the same, like, creepy vibe that it was like i think it set out to have of like some stalker that's just you know does not understand uh social boundaries oh, i like it. and it's very funny 
I agree. I think it definitely deserves a second chance. Um, I also would say it deserves a first chance if you're into like, like if you're into very quirky kind of genre bending movies or super 90s stuff like me I love anything that takes place in the 90s um this is definitely a great watch also Jim Carrey fan like what he does in this movie so interesting again very specific um overall yeah people are way too harsh on it it was just something very different and I think that freaked people out rather than it being like critically something to destroy yeah I really liked this I really enjoyed it um, I really, really enjoyed it, watching it in 2022, which is really interesting for a movie like this, where a lot of the big picture concepts are a lot of outdated, but it's great. It's great. It's a good time. If you need a good, if you need a good laugh, this will do it. Capable guy will tickle that funny bone. And if you just want to watch something fucking weird, it'll also do that, which is not easy to pull off. All right. Well, we did it. You like you like Cable Guy. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Second Chance Movies. Um, if you liked what you heard, please give us a like, maybe a subscribe, a review would be really cool. Share if you think the episode's worth sharing. All that is really helpful. I know every like podcaster and YouTuber asks you to do all those things, but it really does help us. It helps us know what you like and helps other people to find our show so we can keep doing it. Um, and let us know what you think. We want to hear from you. Do you like Cable Guy? Did the Super Bowl ad get you? Did you buy whatever product they were selling? What do you think? What do you think of Ben Stiller, Matthew Broderick? We want to hear from you. Um, you can find us on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Everything is linked in the description of the episode show notes. A big thank you, as always, to Beating Mick Beatface for our theme song. That is just so fun. And we'll be back very soon with another Second Chance movie. Second chance.